Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Criminalia. This season, we're talking about witchcraft and alchemy throughout the ages, and what may or may not have become of those who practiced those arts. And in this episode, we're talking about the practice of magic in ancient Greece. I'm Maria Tremurki. And I'm Holly Fry. In ancient Greece, where our story takes place, a glance from a gorgon could turn you into stone. But placing a gorgon's head on armor and hanging it above entryways... I'm going to say those are representations of that head, not an actual head. That could be used for good luck and protection. A gorgon, to catch us all up in case you didn't know, is a creature in Greek mythology. You might be familiar with Medusa, for instance, who was one of the three gorgons. The three sisters, including Medusa, along with Stheno and Euryale, may be best known for their hair made of venomous and very much alive snakes, uh, which is why we love them. During the 4th century BCE in Athens, it was kind of hard to really tease out the differences between what was superstition versus astrology, religion, alchemy, and science, or magic itself. As an Athenian, magic was going to touch your daily life. In order to talk about our historical guest this week, we need to talk about that magic. 
Ancient Greece was influential among many pursuits, from politics to philosophy, science, and the arts, and a lot more, but we actually have no time at all to explore that whole list. There are people who dedicate their entire careers to studying it. Magic, too, was really big in ancient Greece, and it appears in their mythology. Hecate, for example, was goddess of the moon, magic, and witchcraft. Kirke had vast knowledge of potions and herbs, as well as having magical powers. As the ancient Egyptians had documented incantations with instructions, the Greeks continued on with their own version of that. Surviving Greek papyri referring to magic date back to the 4th and 3rd centuries BCE and include incantations and instructions on matters such as exorcism, boosting one's sex life, and how to get rid of mice in your home. So the idea of magic was not strange in ancient Greece, but it does also have a noticeable overlap with what we would consider science or religion today, with a little dash of superstition thrown in for flavor. Magic, it was believed, could provide protection. It was a source of healing. It was a way to ensure that you were successful in business, in love, and really anything you wanted to be successful doing. It could also be used as a method for viewing and predicting the future. There was a close relationship between medicine and ritual in ancient Greece. Take Asclepius, for example. He was a healing god and the god of medicine who appeared in dreams to cure those who were sick. And those who saw his visions found they were magically healed. You have probably seen references to this today. If you have seen that symbol for a doctor's office or a hospital that features a rod with a snake or sometimes two snakes wrapped around it, that's called a rod of Asclepius, and it dates back to Greece in this time of medicine and ritual being intertwined together. Using magic was considered a way to attempt to control supernatural powers, such as the powers of demons or spirits, and harnessing that power would imbue the practitioner with superhuman powers. Ancient practitioners of magic used both helpful magic as well as harmful magic, and these are two concepts you'll likely recognize as the idea of white and black magic. Helpful magic, known as apotropaic magic, could be protective, and there was a belief that certain things, such as certain texts or practices, could shield a person from harm. For instance, what Holly said earlier about the Gorgon, and also, for instance, there are thousands of phallic-shaped amulets that have survived from antiquity. It was believed the amulet could ward off misfortune and evil if you wore it. Amulets in ancient Greek could be divided into two types. Talismans, which were considered to bring good luck, and phylacteries, which were used for protection. Both were usually made of wood, bone, stone, or really very rarely semi-precious gemstones. The power of things that were harmful, such as monsters or demons, could be harnessed through amulets, as well as armor, or buildings as protection against natural and supernatural evil. Some of these amulets are still widely used today, such as the evil eye in Greece and the cornicello horn in southern Italy. The horn believed to be protection against what the Italians call malocchio, and to English speakers, that's the evil eye. Amulets were one of the most common protections used at the time. And by protection here, we mean that it could protect you from curses, as well as different types of harmful magic. Harmful magic could include things like evil prayers called epoidai, cursed tablets called katadesmoi, and poisons called pharmaca. 
And no one was safe from these things. Not at all. But right now we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we'll talk about how the word barbarian was coined. And yes, that is relevant. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. 
Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome back to Criminalia. Okay, let's meet a man named Demosthenes, who was a great orator, but uh, probably not a very good person. The ancient Greeks were known for their intellectual pursuits, but they really weren't tolerant of other cultures. In fact, they gave us the word barbarian, which they used to describe the out-of-towners among them. At that time, the word meant an individual who was from a non-Greek culture. And because of that, they were considered inferior by the ancient Greeks. Those cultures and civilizations would have included those such as Persians, Egyptians, Medes, Phoenicians. The ancient Greeks also had a problem with, well, pretty much all non-Greek languages. It's written, they considered them to be unintelligible, and they mocked the sounds, saying, and this is terrible, bar, bar, bar. No matter which foreign language was spoken, it became, apparently, bar, bar, bar. That eventually morphed into the ancient Greek word barbaros, which means babbler, and into, then, barbarian. By late in the Roman Empire, the word barbarian applied to all foreigners, at, at least to those who did not know Greek and Roman culture. And all that buildup brings us, finally, to a woman by the name of Theoris, who did not live in Athens, but she was from the Greek island of Lemnos. And in 4th century BCE Greece, she was condemned by the court for impiety and magic. Now, what we'd call impiety would then have been the idea of what was called asebeia. Asebeia was a criminal charge for religious offense, specifically the, quote, desecration and mockery of divine objects. It punished those who disrespected dead ancestors. It punished those who had a lack of reverence to gods, and some sources that we read described the practice as a way to bring about the wrath of the gods. Asebia was considered a public charge, which meant that any individual could bring a charge of impiety against another individual. There is one man responsible for much of what we know about Theris. Demosthenes was an Athenian statesman during the 4th century BCE and was recognized as the greatest of ancient Greek orators. And Theoris was, at least indirectly, mentioned in his speech called Against Aristogeton. He's probably the most contemporary source to Theoris' trial. Demosthenes knew of Theoris and her alleged crimes because her domestic help disclosed her activities. She wasn't caught in the act by the authorities. It was this man, Unimus, he said, who took the potions and incantations from the maidservant of Theris of Lemnos, the filthy sorceress. The maidservant informed against her mistress, and this evildoer has had children by her, and with her help performs his tricks and acts of deceit, and says he treats those who are seized by fits when he himself is caught in acts of wickedness of every kind. Authorities offered enslaved individuals a deal. Report cases of impiety and be granted exemption from torture. Many came forward voluntarily, although the information they gave wasn't always so reliable. Demosthenes accused her of being a, quote, pharmacus, which could be translated into the word witch, but it can also be translated into an individual who makes and uses healing or harmful drugs and spells. What he was taking issue with was Theoris's practice of to pharmaca kai tas apoidas, or 
her practice creating drug spells and incantations. Author Michael A. Rinella notes that her inclusion in speeches and her prosecution itself could indicate that she had a certain level of importance. So to quote him, she may have had some renown or notoriety. We do know that she was probably literate and that she had an income that was great enough for her to have domestic help. Whether she herself was important or someone who was important tried to cross her, we don't know exactly which is the truth. Sometime around 338 BCE, give or take, Theoris was put on trial in Athens for supplying, quote, drugs and charms. Of note, there are a very few sources that do suggest that being a seer was also listed on her rap sheet. But that looks kind of unlikely. It may have been implied. Author Derek Collins, who has written extensively on magic in ancient Greece, suggests that Theoris was probably charged with intentional homicide by poisoning. With a homicide charge, she would likely have been tried before Areopagus, which is the earliest known aristocratic council of ancient Athens. That's where she would have been sentenced. Collins does suggest another, although probably not very likely, theory, that she could have been charged with planning to commit homicide through poisoning. Some scholars... It's few scholars, I will admit, have suggested she was prosecuted on charges of impiety because she had played the role of a priest in a private religious ceremony. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we return, we'll get into how Athenians didn't really care about drugs and incantations. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? 
Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Welcome back to Criminalia. Now is the part of her story when Theris was convicted, sentenced, and executed. As we mentioned right before the break, although the ancient Greeks really didn't seem to concern themselves personally with the practice of magic, sometimes society did. Demosthenes' accusations gained credence among Athenians, but not necessarily because of the alleged use of harmful magic, although the harmful aspect of it certainly did not sound good. Demosthenes, with his power as an orator, was able to spread information pretty quickly, such as this. Theris wasn't from Athens. Lemnos was actually, yes, a Greek island, but it wasn't Athens, if you can hear my emphasis on that. It's roughly, actually, Lemnos, that is, it's roughly 180 miles, which is about 300 kilometers for everyone who's outside of the United States, between Lemnos and Athens. And for perspective, that's about the same distance as New York City to Boston or London to Paris by emphasizing that her place of origin was outside Athens. Demosthenes could only hope that Athenians would think she was a foreigner, and that would mean that they would also think she was a barbarian. He did seem to have a a wee bit of a vendetta. He did. I really couldn't figure out why it was so large. Like, I'm like... (laughs) Who knows? I don't know. As we mentioned, actual trials for witchcraft were really quite rare, although they did occasionally happen during this time period. The Greeks had been interested in magic at least since the 8th century BCE, during the era of Homeric poetry. And during the 4th century BCE, when Theoris's trial was happening, Athenian courts were typically only interested in instances where magic could be shown to be responsible for injury or death. The law also did not really help when trying to determine if a person used magic intending to heal or intending to harm. Intention to harm could have consequences, but for example, what if a healer offered healing incantations and applied tincture to a sick individual to cure them, yet the patient still died from internal injuries? In that situation, under Athenian law, The healer, or call her the witch or the wise woman, whatever century you might be in, whatever term that might be, could be charged with harm and sentenced to death. No matter what the cause of death really was of that patient, it could and probably would be blamed on magic. Somewhere around 338 to 323 BCE, Theoris was convicted and was sentenced to be executed along with her children. And while we weren't able to nail down a really solid reason why her family would also have been executed, we did find some research that perhaps they were indicted on a charge of impiety. And that would have been on the ground simply that they had associated with a woman, their mother, who had been found guilty of impiety. Let's talk about the fallout from that trial and her death for a second. On Plutarch's account of the life of Demosthenes, written in 75 CE, he states, and we quote, 
He also accused the priestess, Theoris, of many other evil deeds, and in particular of teaching slaves to deceive, and he had her killed by fixing the penalty as death. Harpocratian, a Greek author who most likely wrote during the 2nd century BCE, described Theoris and her crime. We quote, Demosthenes in his speech against Aristogiton, if legitimate. Theoris was a mantis and was put to death on a charge of impiety. That word mantis does not mean an insect. A mantis <laughs> to the ancient Greeks was a term for a prophet or a seer or a person who has supernatural powers. Demosthenes doesn't look so good right now, so let's keep going. Julia Kint, professor of classics and ancient history at the University of Sydney, suggests that Theris's trial and her execution may have been an example given by authorities to Athenians. This was done, quote, to draw the line between religion and magic, between acceptable and unacceptable religious practices, and religious power with the help of the law courts. Ancient historian and professor of ancient history at the University of Bristol, Esther Eidenau, specializes in ancient Greek religion and magic. And she too theorizes that Theoris's alleged offenses were likely more to do with offending religious or social sensibilities than actually harming or killing anyone with poison. And that is probably also why her family was executed with her. Along with modern historians and researchers, classical Greek authors have varying accounts of her fate as well. Hippocratic authors most often condemned self-proclaimed healers. Self-proclaimed healers weren't doctors, which is very likely why. They weren't professionals. They weren't to be trusted. We do not know if Theoris identified this way, but it's an interesting look at how her charges and execution may have been more influenced by social conventions, or at least how and what certain classical authors wanted us to believe about that. And then there's Plato's take on this to consider. In the 5th century BCE, so decades before Theoris was executed, Athenian philosopher Plato proposed legislation against the practice of magic. But when he did, he didn't equate the workings of magic to be considered impiety. He did write about his concern for the impious practitioners and how they should be punished with physical isolation so that their spells and ideas could not infect others. He also supported the death penalty for anyone who practiced magic. One final thing before we get out of here. Magic wasn't really only for the living. It was frequently incorporated into funeral practices, and it was used to secure a good afterlife. And we hope it secured a good afterlife for Theris and her family. And perhaps she could have a glass of whatever you're pouring in the cauldron, Holly. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I think she deserves. (laughs) She does deserve a yummy thing. This is one that I puzzled over for a minute because I did want to think about the idea of making something that felt sort of healing and protective. Mm -hmm. And, you know... This isn't really in that category, but just so people know, there has been a rise in kind of medicinal cocktails in recent years. Mm -hmm. People that are trying to make cocktails that, yes, are a cocktail, but also have health benefits. So if you're interested in that, there's tons of cool stuff to explore. But I got to thinking about it (laughs) and I wanted to do something also unexpected because I'm impious and I don't follow rules. You're impious. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so I came up with a, a simple but very, in my opinion, unique cocktail called the Talisman. And it is a warm cocktail because it's a little chilly here today and I'm a wimp and I always want warm, cozy things. So this has some unexpected things. Get ready. You're going to start with two ounces of heavy cream. Put that in like a little container you can seal and shake. And you're going to add a half ounce of Grun Marnier. And then you're going to tap in a little bit of truffle zest. <laughs> if this sounds like a thing that is weird and outlandish, I promise you it's really easy to get. Some grocery stores carry it. If they don't, you can order it online lickety split. It's super easy to find. You are going to shake that up like the Dickens so that it gets that nice frothy whipped cream situation. At the same time, maybe while you're shaking, you should go ahead and start brewing some green tea. So you're going to brew your green tea. You need about four ounces of it. You probably could do this cold, but I did it hot and I think it works best hot. So you get your green tea together. You're going to pour in an ounce of gin. And then you're going to spoon some of this mixture of heavy cream and truffle zest and Grand Marnier over the top of it. If you are a tea drinker who likes to sweeten your tea, let me recommend not doing that initially and taste it first. Because heavy cream has a natural sweetness to it. It's why they use it in like Irish coffee and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And also there's this cool trick that happens here where I, Holly Fry, not gin's greatest fan could taste no gin flavor <gasps> whatsoever this could quite possibly then be the most magical drink that we have <laughs> right i have warded off the taste of gin this is why it's the talisman i see <laughs> well there's something that happens as you're drinking that green tea and gin and as you sip it because the cream is sitting on top it passes through that heavy cream layer and you get that yummy truffle flavor, oh, yeah. and you get that little kick of the Grand Marnier, which is, you know, orangey. Nothing about it tastes heavy, even though there's heavy cream. And I will say that two ounces of heavy cream that you prepared is way more than you would need for even two of these. So, but it's just once you start reducing past that, it gets really hard to get the proportion right with the Grand Marnier. Makes sense. That's a talisman, and I highly recommend it. Now, if you want to do a non alcoholic version, super duper easy peasy you're gonna obviously leave out the gin and in lieu of grand marnier you can do orange syrup or if you just want to zest the rind of an orange into your your heavy cream that's also really beautiful and makes a really really fresh bright flavor to it which is super delicious that zest sounds great oh uh, i love i mean let me tell you about my addiction to truffle zest right now <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't test it, but if you are a person that, for example, is vegan or doesn't do dairy, you should be able to do this with any of the nut-based heavy creams that are out there. It should work the same. I think so. Delicious. Uh, yeah, that's the talisman. And let me tell you, this is going to be a winter go-to in the Fry household. That's really funny about this drink because it has citrus in it, too. Another thing that you are not... Not usually into. Although Grand Marnier is a different deal because that's like... That is very true. That's transformative when it comes <laughs> to citrus. That's, uh, that's got its own magic. I have come around a lot on citrus. I still would not like... No part of me is like, you know what? I want to eat an orange. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll use it to ward off evil. That's what we'll do. Right. <laughs> 
just zest ourselves all the like orange zest in my hand. Fabulous. That's Fabulous. <laughs> Fantastic. With these zesty thoughts, we will leave you, but I want to make sure we thank you for spending this time with us. We hope we'll meet you right back here next week for another tale of Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, watch it now on digital, rated R. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.